Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Welcome into the latest installment of the Golf Channel Podcast. I'm your host, Will Gray. Please be joined uh, live and in person at the Houston Open with Tony Finau. Tony, thanks for taking the time and, and joining me for a little chat here. How you been? You're welcome. Yeah, no problem. I've been great. Thanks. Good, good. Yeah. Uh, so we are at the Houston Open. Big event this week. There's a small invitational next week yeah. in northern Georgia. You are getting set to make your first career Masters appearance. Yeah. Uh, so let's just start with that. How? How do you how do you embrace that? How long did it take for that to sink in? Do you have the invitation framed that you got from, uh, from Augusta? All that stuff. Yeah, for sure. The invitation is uh, at my house in uh, my memorabilia trophy room, which is where it belongs for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's been a long time coming, but um, to finally have it happen and to be invited to play in the Masters is a dream come true for me. So it's definitely sunk in. You know, I, I knew I was in at last year's BMW when I. Got to the uh, tour championship, right? And and that was an incredible feeling. So I've been, it's it's definitely been able to sink in, and I played uh, a handful of rounds there yeah. now, and just look forward to being there on grounds next week. But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I look forward to this week as well. Don't want to look too far ahead right. and things, but you know, with the Masters so close, um, you know. You do kind of get that anxious feeling to, to be on ground and, and be ready for the week. Well, I was going to ask, you said you, you, you made it in by making it to the Tour Championship last year. I remember I was there at Conway Farms. You're not a guy that shows a lot of on-course emotion, yeah. and you you knew exactly what that meant with the birdie on the last hole to, yeah. to get your way in. Yeah, I did. Um, and just the way that I did it, I think I was most proud of. Just, uh, you know, I kind of put myself behind the eight ball on Saturday. I finished with a couple bogeys, and... Um, I knew I had to do something special on Sunday, and that's usually not a predicament you want to put yourself in, but the fact that I still had an outside chance was intriguing to me, and you know, when I turned in five under, I knew that it, that it was real. I had a real opportunity, and so, you know, to shoot a couple on the back and, and post 64, and around that, you know, all the chips were kind of riding on my season, mm-hmm. and I knew that I had to do it. Um, so the emotion was just strictly that, just the way that I did it, and um, you know, knowing that a birdie would seal the deal for me on the 18th hole and chipping in and being able to do it, it was, um, I think, a kind of career-changing moment for me, and it gave me a lot of confidence. But you know, I had, you know, really the only thing I was thinking about was Augusta, yeah. and playing in the Masters, and it's been a dream of mine for since I started, mm-hmm. and so, so for it to become a, a reality is pretty cool. So you know in mid-September that you're going to play in the Masters about six months later. When did you start the process of planning on-course visits, practice rounds, things like that, knowing that you were... Yeah, right, right in the off-season. I went for my first time uh, the day before Thanksgiving. Okay. And the weather ended up being perfect. It was right around 60, and um, I, I took my dad with me, which was a lot of fun. 
and we went with a member and a good friend of mine, Dave Layton from Utah, and it was a great trip. And I wanted to, I knew I wanted to see it four or five times before the week of. I think, you know, I didn't want to be learning the golf course the week of. <laughs> yeah, I'd definitely be behind the eight ball. But their guys are making a twentieth appearance; exactly. they're still trying to learn the golf yeah, course. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> trying to do as much work as I could before I got there that week. So I've seen it um, five times now. Okay. Played it five times now and um, done some good work. I've had some local local caddies help me out with some some knowledge about the golf course. I had a good conversation with Ernie Els yesterday, and he gave me his insight on kind of um, what to expect the week of and um, different things about each hole. So um, that was very insightful, and um, hopefully it will, it will be beneficial for me. Had you been to Augusta National as a fan before uh, Thanksgiving? No, I, I have. I've never. You know, the first, my first time ever on grounds driving up Magnolia Lane was uh, that day before Thanksgiving we went. Um, and it was actually at night, so the first time I seen it in, during the day was the second time I went, which was just a few weeks ago, um, a couple weeks ago, um, the week after Valspar. I went with my caddy, and driving up Magnolia Lane was uh, quite an incredible feeling. I can imagine so. So having four or five rounds up there, what's one thing that stands out to you? Maybe one thing you didn't expect that didn't translate quite from TV to seeing it live and in person? Yeah, there's a... Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think everybody talks about the undulation. So, you know, truly the undulation is definitely definitely there. Um, but I, I expected it to be, so mm -hmm. I don't know if that really stood out to me as much as I, you know, I thought it would be. But, you know, number seven is a dead straight hole. There's not a lot of holes like that at Augusta. You know, and I, I mean, you know, I watch the tournament every year, so I know every single hole. I was surprised how how straight seven is, you know, I mean, the hole is like a bowling alley, just dead straight, and uh, that's definitely something that stood out to me, and, but I've watched the tournament so long, and it was just cool to be there in person, playing the course, a golf course that I know very well because of how, much time, how many times I've watched mm -hmm. it, but just to know where the tee box is compared to the green, walking, and, and actually seeing it and mapping it out was... Awesome. I mean, how strange is that to, to feel like you know a course without ever having gone to it, and then you yeah. finally show up and you see all, really... all the shots that you, you've, <laughs> you've seen on, on YouTube and things like that over yeah. the years. Yeah, it was really strange. Um, finally walking around that place, it was almost surreal for me my first couple of times, and that's why I knew I needed to see it before <laughs> before the week of, because uh, I didn't want to be soaking up that experience during during the week. You know, I, you know, the week of the Masters, I'll be I'll be ready to compete, ready to play, and. I'll definitely be soaking up the experience. Yeah. It'll be a cool, cool thing for me and my family. You know, the part three contest. I look forward to have my kids out there, have my wife out there, and I'm mean, soaking all, all that up. But as far as learning the golf course and stuff, um, you know, the week of, you know, I, I definitely I, I feel prepared as far as going out there and and competing. And we've done some good work on the golf course, so hopefully it serves me well. How much different is it in this case, knowing you've had months to plan for, for this big event versus you've played in majors before, you've played well in majors before, but I'm thinking back to uh, you know, 2015 at Chambers Bay, you're in a sectional qualifier yeah. two weeks before, yeah, yeah, and then exactly. you, you only have 10 days to know that you're going to be in the tournament. So how does preparing for this major differ from some of the ones you've been in before? Yeah, it's definitely quite a bit different. Um, the good thing is I do have major experience, <laughs> which is nice. I'm not playing in my first major ever. Mm -hmm. um, but I am playing in my first Masters. The Masters just has has that, uh, the type of golf course that it is, is a golf course that you, has to, that you have to learn. And mm -hmm. so I think preparing for it, most guys just prepare for it differently because of that. It's, 
you know it's 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 demanding but it's just a golf course that you have to know like knowledge is is key there um so guys prepare for quite a bit different and i kind of took that same approach and mm -hmm. and just just the fact that it's augusta national you know i think the prestige of the golf course how much history golf history is there it's just cool to play it so they have the opportunity when you're not a member to to be there and play i took that opportunity you know <laughs> they said well you can play it five times I said, okay well i'll be there five times so um just having that opportunity for me more than anything else um you know again in the future we'll see how it pans out you know hopefully i qualify for a lot of masters to come um that's that's my goal you know you know this is the start of, of many for me but you know we'll see how it pans out in the future if i do feel like i need to visit more things i just know for sure this first time is different <laughs> because it is augusta national because it's the masters and uh and i'm i'm playing against guys that have played this golf course a lot so i needed the experience do you feel like, you know, you've won before in PGA Tour, you've won in Puerto Rico a couple years back. Do you feel like making the Tour Championship, getting in all four majors, getting in the WGCs this year, was that at all a validation of, of where you are in your career? Yeah, I think for sure. It just, it just validates um, things that I felt like I could accomplish and um, just gives me more confidence moving forward and, and, and goal setting. You know, goal setting is great um, if you achieve them, but if you, when you don't, sometimes they can be... Um, a little discouraging so you know the fact that I set out last year to be in the tour championship and, and be a top 50 player in the world by the end of the year and was able to do that you know those are those are confidence builders for someone like myself so you know life's just about getting better <laughs> and you know doing you know the comparing thing isn't a great thing when you're comparing yourself to others but I like to compare myself to myself yeah. so this time last year I do feel like I'm better this year and, and so I, I'm excited for the opportunity to play in the Masters and and that's what the journey is all about, just trying to get better uh, as a person as a, and, a, and as a player. I remember talking to your caddy Greg at, at Riviera where you finished second a couple weeks back, and he said that you guys were, were in a situation where you now need to take some events that you have played regularly and yeah. take them off the schedule just because you're in the majors, you're in the WGCs. Yeah. That's a great problem to have yeah, as, as, sure. a, as a tour pro, but what's that like trying to shuffle the pieces around and make sure that you're playing the right places, but you're also not going to play 40 times this year? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, my goal is to play is to play a little less this year than I did last year, um, just because I felt like when I got to the playoffs, um, you know, I was a little bit weary and and maybe got a little fatigued, just mentally more than physically, just because of how much golf I had played, mm -hmm. you know. And so I learned from that, and, and this year I'd like to play something around 25 events. So we kind of you know got together as our team, and the cool thing is, being in the majors and WGCs, you know, they, that takes care of almost half the schedule. Yeah. So. Uh, outside of that, um, you know, I, you kind of pick and choose the tournaments. I, I, I love so many golf tournaments out here, really all of them, and so many of the golf courses I feel like fit me well. But you're always going to have to take weeks off that you don't want to. And I definitely did that this year. Took off a few tournaments that I really enjoy and really like to play. But, um, you know, a lot of times you have to be mentally prepared every week you play. And so I'm just trying to keep myself fresh and, 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 and learning from other guys. You know, a lot of guys do the same thing. They'll take you know, a couple of weeks off here and there, just to make sure they're, they're fresh mentally and physically, and, and every week they're ready to compete. And that's something that I had to learn. You know, coming in as a rookie, it's different. Whatever you get in, you just play. You know, mm -hmm. that's how I was. It was like, if I was in a tournament, I played. And it's, it's you know, it's, it's good to progress to this level in my career to where, you know, hey, I got an option to, you know, play what I want to play. And, and sometimes even, you know, tournaments I do want to play, I have to take off because I have to respect my rest time, my family time. I mean, there's a lot to balance, but mm -hmm. um, scheduling 
is is a tough part of it, but it's a good, like you said, it's a good problem to have. You talked about uh, having a conversation with Ernie Els on the range here in, in Houston this week. Are there any other uh, Masters veterans that maybe you're going to try and pick their brain, or, or have you talked to guys about setting up practice rounds for next week to, to dip into their, their memory bank and, and pull out a couple nuggets that could be useful for you next week? Yeah, no, I haven't talked to anybody about um, practice rounds next week. I'm going to play with Mark Leishman. For the in the part three contest, you know, we both have kids, and <laughs> and so we're gonna have them run around together. And there you go. I think he's the one that approached me, and I think you know he said, "Hey, I think it's pretty important if if you're gonna go to have other guys that have kids, and, mm -hmm. and so you're not you don't only have your kids running around." So that was nice of him. I respected that uh, about Mark, so that'll be fun. But no, I, you know, hopefully when I get when I get there, um, I'd like to set set something up. You know, it'd be great to play with Tiger, Phil, Ern, you know, guys that have the experience. Um, VJ guys, you know, kind of pick their brain uh, about the golf course. Um, yeah, now that you tell me that, maybe I'll reach out to VJ <laughs> and, and maybe ask. Okay, him there's the, that's the thing about the Masters is that you don't at other at the U.S. Open you don't have guys like Ian Woosnam and Sandy Lyle that are just yeah. walking around with yeah. 30 years of experience exactly. under their belt. Exactly, it's, yeah. it's kind of one of those things. That's right. Uh, so, so you're talking about the par three contest with Leash. You're on the ninth hole. You've got a two shot lead in the par three contest. Mm -hmm. Do you hit your shot, or do you purposely put it in the water to avoid the par three champion curse? <laughs> yeah, I'll have my son hit it. <laughs> yeah, it works too. That works too. <laughs> I have my son hit it, and most likely he's yeah. not. He's going to make a high number. So, <laughs> but you don't want to understand the whole par three curse, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see how it plays out. You know. Who knows? Maybe maybe I could be the one to break the curse. There you go. So. There you go. Anytime you can get some crystal from uh, Augusta Nash. That's right. That's, a, that's a good way to look at it yeah. as well. So you said this is still an important tournament this week uh, at Houston Open. How do you balance? I mean, you played you played here before, but you weren't in the Masters. So how do you balance trying to focus on this tournament and the job at hand versus also trying to make sure that your ducks are in a row for next week? Yeah, for sure. Um, the great thing is, is you just you train yourself to to be in the present. It's what it's what I try to train myself to do every day. You know, is just try and stay in the here and now. And it's it's tough, you know, for someone like me being a first time at Augusta, looking forward to next week. But I tr I felt like I've trained myself long enough to where I can't control anything that happens outside of now. So, you know, the task at hand right now is is Houston and the Houston Open, and we play a beautiful golf course. It's a great field, and you know, hopefully the, the weather is going to cooperate with us. And it's going to be a great week here, here in Houston. You know, the great thing about, you know, one of my favorite things about playing professional golf and being on the PGA Tour, I, I feel like it's a Super Bowl every week. You know, we, I really do. I feel like every week is important. Um, every week you have an opportunity to change your life. Mm -hmm. and, and this week's going to be no different. You know, and I approach, I approach every week that same way, the same attitude. Um, you know, to say I'm going to be more motivated next week than I am this week is is not true. You right. know, I'm very motivated to play this week, and um, again, I, I feel every every week is a Super Bowl out here. You know, and that's you better that's be motivated. That's right, brother. Well, Ricky Fowler cameo here. That's right. Uh, thanks for stopping by. So, in the in the F department of the yeah, locker room yeah. here at Golf well, this, Club. Yeah, Houston. this is this is my roommate. My locker roommate, and that's my other locker roommate, Derek Pathauer. There, <laughs> so, we're getting crowded here. Oh no, you're good. We're just yeah, we're just yeah. finishing up anyway. Yes, but uh, so yeah, I look forward. I look forward to the week. Every, every week is important out here. Yeah, and as I mentioned, every week is a. It could be a life changing experience for you, um, and a great opportunity for you to you know further your career. So. Yeah.
Ricky, what's one Augusta tip for uh, a rookie that you'd like to share? One Augusta tip. Make birdies? Yeah. <laughs> Step up on the first tee, take a deep breath, hammer it, and then... <laughs> I love it. Let's see, one good thing around there. Anyone's on. And there's all kinds of stuff from why we should stand underneath the hole. Sometimes short side is good. Start taking notes um, here. Dang, what are there's you could go hole by hole and say what to do, what not to do. Yeah. Um, let's let's just throw one out there. Don't go long on four. Oh yeah, four, yeah. There you go. Thanks. Oh, don't leave it short on three. <laughs> <laughs> got a few. Yeah, don't make the second shot short. short. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, well, I oh, think great. that Thanks, yeah. Tony's furiously taking yeah. notes here, but I think yeah. that's a good place to leave it on. I know that you've got some work to do this week, but Tony Finau, thank you much for joining us on this uh, edition of the Golf Channel Podcast. You're welcome. Thanks, Will. All right, I'm your host. We will. I'm your host, Will Gray. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, you can log on to iTunes, Stitcher, golfchannel.com slash podcast. Lots of good places to hear these, and we'll see you next time. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave.